Today, we continue our look at Ephesians as our message, Living Well in an Evil World, continues. Join us. The swift downward current of our culture makes it rather hard to go against the flow, but yet, as Christians, that's what we're called to do. Living Well in an Evil World. That's the title of our message today. Welcome. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Today we continue our view of Ephesians and one final installment in our message called Living Well in an Evil World. Join us as we seek encouragement to do just that. With today's broadcast of Truth For Today now, here's Pastor Phil Howard. Folks think that the Christian life is best lived with guilt. It is not. It's best lived with forgiveness and acceptance. No condemnation. Even if my preaching does make you feel guilty all the time. In Christ, you're not condemned. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Now the law of the spirit, Holy Spirit, set me free from the law of sin, that is sin nature. Not the law of Moses. For what the law, this is the law of Moses, was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature. Nothing wrong with the law, but those to whom it was given were weak by the presence of a sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, not by us, but in us. And who meets them? Who meets those requirements? One, my substitute. All the penalty against me for breaking sin, Christ bore, and all the positive aspects of keeping them have been charged to my account because I'm in him. I have kept everything the law demanded in my representative, Christ. That's justification by faith, Romans chapter 4. Read it during the game. It's met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature. And it's also met in us practically by the power of the Spirit. Is that powerful? The requirements are met. We can not only meet them, but excel them. Now, the natural man does not have this power. The best it can do is seek Secular counsel. The natural man has no input to the things of God. But I put down here, what the spirit? We are spirit people. And uh, the first thing the spirit did to you, he convicted you. Like John 16. Convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But whether you know it or not, and you do know it if you're saved, is that the spirit of God was there to regenerate you. In Titus 3, 5, and regenerate simply means he beget new life in you. Uh, you've been given a new life. You have a life from above. And the spirit was there actively involved in the process of seeing that you were born again and regenerated unto new life. So all of us have a divine life in us, divine nature in us. Magnificent. And the spirit was there. And then uh, he not only regenerated you. But uh, the Holy Spirit took you the moment you believed 
and he baptized you into Christ. And just think of it, I was in Adam. The moment I believed, the Spirit just immersed me into this new representative, Jesus Christ. Now I'm seen in him permanently, forever. On my worst day, I am in Christ and you can't take it away. You didn't get me in, you can't get me out. The one that got me in was the Spirit and I got the promise of the Father, whoever comes to me, I never will kick out. I'm in Christ. And every verse of the Bible that says you're in Christ is a result of the baptizing work of the Spirit that for by one Spirit we were all baptized or immersed into our new living head, Jesus Christ. How many of you are in Christ? Wonderful, wonderful. Now, besides that, the Holy Spirit, me in Christ is the baptizing work of the Spirit, Christ in me is the regenerating work. And besides that, the Holy Spirit's moved into me. Every believer is indwelt by the Holy Spirit the moment they get saved. Everyone, those that talk in tongues and those that don't. Tongues has nothing to do with it. Every child of God is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. How many of you got the Holy Spirit? You sure? I mean, he's in there, right? Okay. So far, I'm talking to Christians. Good. Uh, Ephesians 4, 30, 1, 13. You've been sealed, not by, but with the Spirit in Christ. And that seal means God recognizes you as his own. It's a seal of ownership and a seal of guarantee. When you put that 37 cent stamp on that envelope, it guarantees the United States government will protect that envelope. For 37 cents, you could get the United States government to tell you we will help get the culprit who would interfere with that mail because 37 cents buys protection. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is the seal. When God looks on all of you that are baptized by the Spirit, indwelt by the Spirit, regenerated by the Spirit, He looks down on us. And if God was just looking to, let's say, rapture the church, He could just look on the earth. He could just see the seal on all of us. And the seal is His Holy Spirit. You're a sealed people. Signed, sealed, and ready to be delivered. How many of you are sealed? So far, so good. Now, filled by the Spirit. Ah, all the other works of the Spirit were not commanded. They, ha they happen automatically when you put faith in Christ. This one is being commanded to believers. Let me give you some questions like this. And, and please, no public acknowledgments. These are rhetorical, just for you. How many of you have been lacking the joy of God? lost the peace of God. How many of you would, would not mind if the pastoral team could move in and live with you a week to see how you and your wife get along? Because it's so heavenly that you haven't grieved the spirit or quenched him. That you're literally abounding in a power not your own. You're overcoming lust. You're overcoming greed. The works of the flesh are under control, 
and that you could literally say, I am under the control of the Spirit. My habitual way of life is I'm filled with the Spirit continually. There is the big question. And it's not the automatic when you get with believers. How many in this group are operating under the control of the Spirit? How many are acting out fleshly attitudes, divisive, dissensions, gripey, grouchy, uh, non-joyous? And he's going to give you five things, and we'll get to them next message. Malcolm Lee's going to preach for you next week. I'll be at the men's retreat. But we're going to develop this. There's five ways that right in the context, you know someone operating under the control of the Spirit. And you know what the first one is? They're singing. Let's see. Am I making that up? No, no, no. They're speaking to one another. Forgive me. But notice what they're speaking. The direction of this is horizontal. They they use psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So they're talking scripture to one another all the time. Let me ask you this, and I'm coming back in a few weeks to this. It's going to go deeper. Uh, How many of you uh, have talked any Bible with anyone during this week? Don't don't need to say it. uh, That you normally talk scripture at the table. And you usually talk a lot of Bible with your husband, wife, kids, and those you're with. Two, singing. I, I, I want to tell you this. Don't ever tell me about what the music ministry of this church ought to look like. And you sit like a wooden Indian. I like the hymns, but you don't sing any of them. Hmm. Hmm. What's that? Hmm. How when you get older, you don't have any voice and we're praying old age on some of you quicker than others. You know, I'll get folks out of these music specialists, but we ought to be doing this. How do you sing? And then he gets here. You ought to be singing. One is to each other. Then he says to God. And uh, he says it right here. Don't make in your heart. Uh, and it does not mean there. Well, I just do it in my heart. That is internal. That's what he's saying. It's the concept of with all of my being, because heart, you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit. It means you sing with all of your heart. It's intensity, motivation. You don't need someone to flop their hands up here to get you to sing. You notice our song leaders don't flop hands. I used to always wonder what that had to do. We didn't keep time anyway. We want to sing. And I'm not dependent on what's on the platform to sing. Just give me biblical words, true concepts, and if I kind of know the tune, I can do my best. And, and I don't mind new songs as long as they give me enough that I know. People under the control of the Spirit sing all the time. And I know there's a lot of believers that don't have a song. You know why? Part of singing seems to go with the next concept. They're thanking God for everything. They're thankful. And you notice this. You can't gripe and be thankful at the same time. You can't be a grouch all the time and be thankful. So I know immediately who's under the control of the Spirit. And there's some of you, you know what your besetting sin is, you never say one good word about God or His people, but you're the first to complain. If it's to your wife or your husband, you're always the first to register the complaint and the last to give praise. You know what your problem is? You're not under the control of the Spirit. You're under the control of a fleshly nature. That's why so many churches don't sing. 
You might as well start a mausoleum. Nobody's got the spirit control temperament. I've been in meetings with 30 people. We could out sing everybody here. You know why? Everybody was singing with all their heart. And we didn't have all this technology. We didn't have all this kind of talent. We just had hearts bursting with how good God is to us. And you can't buy that. And I don't care what kind of music you're singing. Music has nothing to do with whether I'm thankful or not. The greatest sin of the entire race, according to Romans 1, is they refused to be thankful to God. And so God gave them over to vile lust because they never did think they had a God worthy to be thankful of. Our biggest problem is we're not thankful for the God who we can call Father. Everything in your life can be falling apart. But one thing that's for sure is your God and Savior. Are you thankful? And if a spirit is controlling you, you will be. And it'd be a way of life all the time. And the church won't, won't be where seldom is heard an encouraging word. Home, home on the range. If you're that way, three times you've seen me and I'll let you know I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't have time to talk to the gripers. I'm too busy trying to stay right with God. If I ever start griping, it's the end. If you don't believe that, ask about two million Jews that God marched to death in a wilderness march who murmured for 40 years. We don't like Mama Moses' cookbook. We're tired of manna. And God says, I'm going to let you stay there because you wouldn't believe me, and I'm going to let you die as murmurs. It is a sin to be unthankful and to be a griper, and no age is immune from it. Age does not get you the, give you the right to gripe more. It's a sin at any age when you know him. And the church said, well, I know you did that by faith. It wasn't in your heart. And everybody that believes it said amen. And is not it a contagious thing? Always pick on Hazel. I won't get to use the second service because she'll be here. And don't anybody tell her on the way out, please. You guys tell careless stuff all the time. Don't be doing it. It causes confusion in my home. Hazel would always bring her job home. And at the table at night, she would get to going on this going on and that going on. And she'd get to going. And, uh, because being a single woman, she didn't have a husband to gripe about. She just had a job. You women work on your husbands a lot and vice versa, maybe. But uh, she'd get to going on about this and go like that. And, and here my dad down here, you know, he'd been climbing steel all day with a bunch of half-drunk guys, a bunch of wiry, cantankerous iron workers. Believe me, they weren't the best crowd to run with. And the jobs weren't easy. And he would do, every once in a while, he would do this number. She'd be into it. He'd go to this little song. There be no gripers there in my father's house. In my father's house. In my father's house. There be no gripers there in my... By this time, Hazel said, Dad, if you don't be quiet. Because he could threaten him. Dad, I don't want to hear it. She said, I hadn't heard one. You need to be thankful. And then he'd say this line, where would you be had tender hands not tucked you in at night? Where would you be had the Lord not invaded this family with his love and goodness? You're one of the most blessed women I know. 
and you can't find one thing to be thankful for. Well, I'm telling you, it changed many a gripe fest into brokenness because he was right. We don't like it because it hits all of us, but he was right. I never heard my dad complain about work. I heard him every night thank God he could work because he lived through a depression and he knew it was to be nearly starved to death and couldn't get a job if he wanted one. And if he got one, he got 90 cents an hour. I'm going to tell you, friend, I heard at our table, thank you, Lord, you gave me enough strength to climb the steel today to work with some ungodly men, but I had a song all day at 135 feet in the air. You've been in my heart all day. I don't know how you grew up, but I'm telling the truth. My brother's there. He knows. I hope my kids could say that about me. Instead, let's have dinner so we can all gripe. To dwell above with saints we love, that will be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's another story. See, if you're not being under the control of the Spirit, that means you're grieving the Spirit. And what grieves him is sin, unthankfulness, these other areas. And when he's grieved, he's quenched. It's like you don't even have the Holy Spirit because he's no longer there to empower you there. He's only there as a shut out agent. You've shut him down. You've thrown a blanket on the help you need. You say, I don't find any joy anymore. I don't find any power. Why, no, you've turned off the electricity. You've thrown cold water in the face of the Spirit. You're on your own power until you repent. He's grieved. He's quenched. He can't bless that attitude. You've got to make yourself available to the Spirit. That's why He will fill those who yield themselves Deal with their sin and say, oh, Lord, enable me to be empowered by you. I make myself available. That's all you can do. And then he supplies the power and the enablement. But we need to be filled with the spirit. It's constant. You never you hear the old Pentecostals. Oh, I was filled with the Holy Ghost in uh, 1955. I'm afraid that was the last time you were filled. It's not that way in the Greek. You must continually be filled. It's not a big crescendo experience. It's a, a way of life, day by day, empowerment. God wants you under the control of the Spirit constantly. I uh, close with this wonderful poem. I used it before, but it's a favorite of mine by Samuel Stevenson. A city full of churches, great preacher, lettered men, grand music, choirs, and organs. If these all fail, what then? Good workers, eager, earnest, who labor hour by hour. But where, oh where, my brother, is God's almighty power? Refinement, education, they want the very best. Their plans and schemes are perfect. They give themselves no rest. They get the best of talent. They try their uttermost. But what they need, brother, is God the Holy Ghost. We can't do this work. We can't live the Christian life without divine infusion of power. And that's what the Spirit wants to do. I ask you, are you living as a wise person or a fool? How are you viewing time? Are you wasting it or investing it? Are you becoming better? Someone has said, we are becoming what we will be. So there's a process in your life and that process is going to make you into a product. What is the process going on in your life? 
What will you become if you keep doing what you're doing? Are you growing or just rearranging your ignorance and prejudice? Can anyone teach you anything? It's rare to find a teachable man. I usually have to get them under age 25. That's my only hope many times. Who is in your life to counsel and to push you to grow into Christ-likeness? Is the Holy Spirit present in you? He is if he's indwelling. Is he prominent in you? What about being preeminent in you? Spurgeon, it's said that when Spurgeon preached at Metropolitan Tabernacle, he had some of those English pulpits where they wound, went up the stairs. And he used to say this. Every step up, he would say this. He'd go up into the pulpit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. That's what he did every time he walked in the, to the pulpit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. He can do something that I can't do. And uh, church, let me tell you, our only hope of lasting, our only hope of having impact is for him to be filling this entire church to become what he wants here. Not three of us, not four of us. It's a command. And if you're not under his control, there's sin in your life because he never expected his church to operate without his power. And it's only when we pull out the cord from the power source that all of a sudden I've got the same life challenges, but I've lost the power. I say, plug back in, make any adjustment you need to you're not dealing with an area he's dealing with in your life, make that adjustment. Plug into the power because the Christian life is not difficult. It's impossible. It's impossible except for the power of the Spirit. Our Father, I pray for your people now. How many here are quenching the Spirit and living with a grieved Holy Spirit because of sin, because of attitudes, Maybe just unavailability, just not available to the living God. I ask that they would repent, that they would uh, confess that sin, that they could begin to experience a supernatural kind of life. Not just a bunch of ought to's and this is a way we ought to, we ought to, we ought to. I want them to be able to say, for me to live is Christ. For me to live is to abide in the vine. For me to live is to walk in the Spirit, to pray in the Spirit, to uh, worship in the Spirit. I'm controlled by the Spirit moment by moment as I yield my body and mind to Him. Oh, I see so many dead churches, Lord, so many uh, dead saints that you have to squeeze a song out of them. You've got to wring out a, a bit of praise. It's because they're in sin legitimately maybe, not some big outrageous sin, but just an attitude of unforgiveness or unthankfulness. Cleanse us. Search our heart. Do not let us continue to be what we have become if it's not what you want us to be. Oh, change us from glory to glory as we behold the face of of Christ with unveiled faces. Oh, we want to be more like him. 
And we can only do it as we walk as wise men, redeeming the time, growing in the wisdom of God's plan, and coming under the control of His Spirit. Please help us as we admit our poverty and powerlessness without you. Pastor Phil Howard here in our series, God's Design for Life. Getting a clue, an understanding, an idea of just how much God really loves us and the design that he has for your life and mine. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. And as we conclude our time together today, we're mindful of the fact that there might be those of you who would enjoy hearing this program again. As always, we have copies available on CD. Simply call or write to us or stop by our website. You can reach us by phone at 855 855- 833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or stop by our website, truthfortodayradio.org. As you contact us, please bear in mind that we do continue this radio broadcast here on this station through the generous support of Truth For Today sustainers, folks just like you. With your dollars as you partner with us financially, we'll provide to you, as our way of saying thanks, a quarterly newsletter, a once a year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional. It's all available for you as you partner with us financially. For more information, give us a call. Our phone number once again is 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you.